but it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. Get a free child's play, we'll use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. Casa Ole, Ole! Welcome! It's Lima time time! I'm one of your hosts, <laughs> James Yasko, uh, here with your other co-host, the man of the hour, really. Uh, yeah. It's a big night for you, what with your favorite show coming on. We'll talk about that, and, and we might even actually talk about the, the Astros a little bit. Uh, Patrick McClellan, how you been, Patrick? Hi, I, I'm doing well. I'm, this is, this is, I'm doing well considering. Considering that the Astros are a dumpster fire right now? I just left that blank, just considering. So, like, <laughs> it's open to your interpretation. That's oh, like the like Masonic what I symbol thing. Considering. I could be hungover. I could have just got <laughs> robbed by a band of gypsies. You don't know. Considering that... Just considering I'm doing well. Twelve packets of heroin that you've keistered that you're really hoping don't <laughs> burst. So, Or I, I do hope they burst. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows where I'm at? This... But, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Good deal. This this episode of of Lima Time Time is brought to you by Bravado Spice, as it was last week, and we didn't screw up the episode enough for them to bail on us uh, with with one shot in. So, Patrick, yeah, not yeah, not even a mean email. Um, it was just amazing, really. Like I'm hoping they were just too busy to listen. Yeah. So uh, I think we just like slid by there. But yeah, Bravado Spice Company, uh, they kind of rule. And they kind of rule because they're local, and they make the best hot sauce in the city and probably the country, if we're being honest here. Yeah. But I implore you all to go to bravadospice.com. Um, they're really good about making these short videos with recipes for different things using uh, their products. Um, you know, there's one for uh, you know mushroom sliders, fried pickles. Uh, ceviche pesto uh, honey lime wings uh and then even drink type stuff like a uh, texas tiki drinks uh shrimp scampi like there's so many cool things that they do just to show you what their how versatile their products are um so uh, definitely go to rivadospice.com and again hit us up if you want to know where to find their products in your area we will figure that out for you. Um, James is completely dedicated to getting it out to the masses, and we love it. And we're still waiting on our our super bribery pack of delicious treats. Yes, and we'll probably be more. We'll probably be nicer when we get that. Yeah, yeah, that'll definitely help. <laughs> but as of now, I I'm just speaking honestly that I actually love this company, and it's not because. They're a friend of the program. I, I I supported it before. I'm wearing a Bravado Spice hat right now. So uh, I represent them. You should too. We are a family here at the Lima Time Time podcast. And uh, so eat what we're eating. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. All right, let's let's talk about the Astros. I guess we, we need to talk a little bit about the Astros. Oh, those guys? Um, <sighs> mm. 
So let's let's start at the beginning. You know, the uh-huh. the, the Sunday evening game is going on right now. Uh, so we, we don't have a full week's worth of, of games to discuss because there's, you know, the one time basically in the last, you know, Yeah, when, when, when is the last time that we've had a Sunday night game? I, it was the, uh, the Sunday night game, the last one was the, the first official game in the American League when Rick Ankiel went yard and beat the Rangers on opening night. That's a really long time. That was 2013, so it's been three years since the uh, since the the, the conglom- big media has decided uh, or has thought enough of the Astros to put them on to put them on the primetime game. Uh, and it's funny too because we follow the team intensely, and I had no idea up until the last couple of days. I'm like, oh, that's a night game. Yeah, Did, had no idea because I just assumed one ten start. Yeah, yeah, that's normally how it, because there's been no reason to think that the Astros would actually be on primetime, like ever, you know, so, so that was, so, but basically the Astros are rewarding ESPN's uh, choice by giving up three runs in the first inning. Is it still 3-1? It's 3-1 right now, and that's okay. It's very early on. Um, I feel okay about it. All right, so and I, I want to talk about first inning struggles. There's a lot of things I want to talk about, but let's let's sort of begin at the beginning of the week. So so Monday was the off day. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Best day of the week. That was the best day. Uh, certainly, well, besides yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the off day was definitely second best day of the week. Gets go into Arlington and okay. promptly gets swept, which right. I believe that's now 12 straight games in Arlington that the Astros have lost. Uh, can you can you describe your personal anguish and your hatred and how much you want to give up on life when the Astros get swept by the Rangers? Um, do I want to describe it? No, I don't. I really don't want to delve into that, only because that would perpetuate me into actually fulfilling those desires <laughs> of ending my own life. Um, there are a few things I hate more than getting swept at Texas. Um, and I've got little, you know, mini bets with friends and I'll, you know, and it's all fun and oh, it's a friendly bet. No, I fucking hate you. Yeah. Um, whoa, an early F bomb. My apologies. Hey, that's record time. Record but that's time. what the, ra- that's so, the yeah. So, but you know Rangers what, the, what was frustrating about that, that first game is that it was a, it was a really good baseball game. It was very back and forth. A lot of offense. I think that was what, that was a seven, five game. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. So like they they dropped a three spot on in the in the first inning, which seems to be a, a pattern. Yeah. But then we we got two back, they got one, and then they added on that, and then we then we ended up getting two back in the seventh. So I mean, it was just a back and forth type game like that, where they kind of hung us. You know, they were, we were holding on by a string, saying like, "Hey, we might have a chance in this," and we did, but. They got us. See, and and it's you know it's funny that that you have the some you know I don't know that they're considered friends, but at least acquaintances that uh, that like the the Rangers. Um, where yeah, I yeah, they're they're not friends if you really put it that way. Yeah, yeah. So people I know that that know the Rangers. Right, right. That they, that they're misguided and may God help them with their blindness. The. So, <laughs> So, and I deal with with high school students on a on a daily basis, and I have a on my board. Did the Astros win last night? Which I I very much want to stop updating that board because I just want to erase it. Like I, I no don't. no keep keep things the way they are. Don't yeah don't, don't teeter. 
So the, basically, I had to buy cookies for one of my class periods because the Astros did get swept by the Rangers. Okay, and I was that's not. Uh. Uh-uh. I was pretty upset because we made the little bet, and I was like, "There's no way that Keuchel gets beat." You know, the uh, yeah, they, the Rangers took the first two, but there's no way Keuchel's going to let this happen because that's a, that's the sort of the regard in which I I have held Dallas Keuchel that he's a stopper and he's going to go out and he's going to dominate and he's going to he's going to be the guy that at least the losing streak is going to stop at four because right. he's going to go out and he's going to he's going to do what he needs to do to get the win and that did not happen. Um, that being said, though, you know he is still is that guy. So I think we need to just calm down. I, I, um, a lot of our starting pitching is is just pitching below where we need them to be. I think so. Scott, I think Scott. I, I, I completely see where you're at with the. That's a guarantee, and it, it normally is. But we're gonna we're gonna. That's my silver lining is that the starting pitching has been so bad that we haven't really had a chance to settle in. Yeah, and, and once those guys settle in, then everything else can fall into place. Okay, so first, I think Scott Feldman is exactly who we think he is. Like, I think this is sort of peak Feldman. Uh, what's happening? Uh, another three runs in the first inning for the Red Sox tonight. Uh, uh-huh. The Astros' starting pitching has given up at least one run in the first inning of uh, what is now ten of the nineteen games this season. Uh, at least six of those games have resulted in at least two runs, and Astros starting pitching as a whole in the first inning has a 12.79 ERA. That's first inning. Yeah, not, not not the best first inning ERA I've heard. No, no. I can think of, of 12.78 numbers that are better. <laughs> um, but you know what? I, I don't want to be super silver lining guy, and I'm trying to be because I, we're both very angry and frustrated with how the season has started. But we're talking, uh, okay, the second game of the Texas series, it's Cole Hamels and it's Doug Fister, um, which we both sighed at when we, when we previewed it last week. And yeah. we were like, ugh, that's a wrap. Well, Texas put up a two spot in the second inning and then did nothing else, and then we got a Tyler White home run in the, in the sixth. And it, that ended a 2-1 game. So in my opinion, that's – that's a winnable game, and I don't know the exact numbers. I, I had them at one point, um, but we have lost a ton of games by one run and two runs. Yes. Uh, I don't know. It's not tops in the league, but it is, it's up there in terms of close games that we've lost. And every game in this series has, been, has fallen into that category. We lost 7-4 in the, in the, in the Thursday game. Yeah. But with, you know, with chances to win and chances to do more, considering our base running and uh, our lack of lack of ability to uh, score when we have runners in scoring position. So, <laughs> eh. yeah, and that Hamels game, that was the one where the Astros had the bases loaded each yep. of the first two innings, which is, and I want to I want to delve into that a little bit more, but. I guess my fear, to counter your cautious optimism that it's going to get better, is you look at the six wins that the Astros have had up to tonight's game, and they've had to play absolutely perfect baseball in order just to get a win. Yep. My concern is that 
by the time everyone kind of gets going and the Astros start being the 2016 Astros that we sort of expected to see, that if that takes too much longer, you know, we're talking about a possible already being down nine or ten games, which I know there's a lot of baseball left, but I'm concerned that that it's taking them so long to get it going that it's going to take a hot a, a hot run similar to what the Rangers did last year when the Astros started out eighteen and seven. You know, the right. Rangers were kind of in this position where you know the Astros went in and and beat uh, the Rangers in Arlington. That's when Hank Conger hit that extra inning home run, and everything was yeah. awesome. And but it but it took the Astros significantly faltering down the stretch for the Rangers to win the division by two games. Like I I'm afraid that what's going to happen is that the Astros are going to dig themselves into so much of an early season hole that they're not going to be able to just rely on them putting it together like they like we think they can. That it's going to take other teams completely screwing up in order to make it happen. I, I I can't argue against that, but my only counterpoint is that we've had a pretty rough schedule to start the season. It's true. Um, yeah, Boston has underperformed compared to where they think they should be. I mean, they're, what, teetering around 500? Yeah, I think that's right. They, yeah, they were 8-9 and will be 500 if they close this out. It's now 5-1, by the way. Fantastic. Um, I really would have liked the Astros to win this series just to keep me kind of hanging on. But <laughs> I, 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 I talked to you earlier and I said that this road trip with Seattle and Oakland is crucial. Mm-hmm. And, and I've said this before in previous episodes that I think that the West, and this could be Texas aside, it, it could be a wild card type thing. But I think the West is just going to beat up on each other. And so games against division rivals is even more important in our case than it is for any other club because, of course, division wins are very important. Yeah. But I feel like right now, where we sit, like we need to go and just wreck Seattle and Oakland, win both of those series. Yeah. and, and, and For morale, for record, for – for a, a bunch of different things, but it becomes it's too early to have a series this important. And I maybe I'm overstating it or overreacting, but I feel like it it is a very important series going forward. Well, we said last week that the Rangers series was was a was a chance to make a statement, and by God, they did. It just wasn't the statement. It was that, the wrong one. Yeah, it was it, a statement for Texas. It, yeah, it, it was a it was an incomplete sentence kind of a statement uh on the astros it was a fragment (laughs) we can diagram that crap and uh and and not have positive results so you know one of the things and we've sort of alluded to it uh we we mentioned it last last week thinking there's no way this can possibly keep up uh but it, it seems to continue to to keep popping up is is the astros complete inability to get the hit that they need with runners and with runners on with runners in scoring position Uh, with two outs and runners in scoring position coming into today that's just going to be a standard caveat uh the astros have a 530 ops which is which is worse than like pitchers hitting yeah ops like it's you like brandon backey would put up a better ops (laughs) 
with with don't with, hate on Brandon Backy. Brandon Backy could slap it around a little bit. Hey, I love Brandon Backy. I got a picture with Brandon Backy. We all we all do. We all do. Mine was at a game uh, last year, and he was sitting at the end of my row, and uh, I went over to him, and I don't, I don't know exactly why I said this, but I I told him that if he needed any, if he needed any any help with his legal issues, then <laughs> then there were a bunch of lawyers that that might be able to step in, and he kind of looked at me, he's like, I appreciate it, I think I've got it covered, and I was like, well, of course, of course you do, so that was kind of a, that was embarrassing. <laughs> But I, I tend to freeze up around celebrities anyway, so whatever. Um, Brandon Becky is not a celebrity, so work, uh, work on your game a little bit. He's kind of a celebrity. He's not at all. He's a dude from Galveston. Like, have you ever talked to dudes from Galveston? Brand, Come Brand, on, Brandon Becky. I talked to Brandon Becky. Exactly. So yeah, he's just like <laughs> a dude from Galveston. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll allow that. That's fair. Okay, thank you. That's absolutely fair. Thank uh, you. So, and I, I wrote a big like post on Astros County about how the world was ending because the Astros can't can't get a hit, and I I, I backed it up with with very logical statistics and and but my analysis was lacking because I don't get it. Like I don't theoretically you should be able to I mean, the the stats even out. If you can hit, you can hit with runners in scoring position just right. due to the randomness of baseball. Like, and I think my conclusions were. Uh, as far as the inability to get that hit that they need with runners in scoring position, uh, was that they're they're pressing, um, yeah, and they're trying so hard to kind of bust the team out of this slump that they end up swinging themselves into the ground trying to hit the six hundred foot home run that everyone kind of expects or at least wants them to hit. Colby Rasmus aside, um, right, and so like I, I don't. It was one of those things that was I, I I was unsatisfied by the post because I didn't come up with any sort of logical conclusion other than but there, but there isn't one that's the thing so you should you shouldn't feel that way because there is not one what? I like, think I, there is no there is no reason for this team to not be coming through in those situations they're hitting one eighty two yeah that that's going to even out now whether it evens out to a point to where they're winning games because of it and it's it turns the season around. I don't know. I just know that those hits are going to fall at some point. That's just the law of averages. That's just mathematics. So it's very frustrating to watch, but it's going to turn around. I mean, it has to. That that aspect is going to turn around. But I don't know. It's either going. There, to- there's so it's a perfect storm right now. So you have your your starting pitching is off. Um, your Giles is off. There's so many things that are happening right now that are kind of contributing to this just whole negative flow of baseball. But in terms of leaving runners in scoring position, that will correct itself at least more towards the mean. I don't know, you know, how far, but that's gonna that's gonna come around. I mean Correa is just struggling right now, and that's just not gonna happen for a whole season. Well, and and Correa, I don't. There's no chance Correa gets sent down. Um, but I think no. it, it's going to no. it's going to correct itself either through the law of averages finally working in in the Astros' favor, or because the the actual makeup and personnel of the team is going to is going to change. So, right. If you, let's let's pretend that you are Jeff Luno, 
who do you how do you fix this do you is it is it too early to to get rid of people is it or or are do you at least have a plan formulated in the back of your mind for all right as soon as i can this dude's gone and i'm and and this dude's gone and this dude's gone like how do you play gm and and try to fix it in terms of getting rid of people i i don't know um i do know that i from a managerial standpoint I'm not sure I'm a fan of this tinkering and up and down the lineup. And I feel like Hinch just tries to get a little bit too cute sometimes. Hmm. Um, Look, Carlos Gomez has been a disaster. And he's been a very polarizing person on this program and for the fans and just as an Astro in general. But him hitting in the seven spot, I, I just don't understand that i don't like it um I, I think, yeah he's struggling but he's moved progressively down and i based think, on what's happening and then we're taught to not react to what happens in the first 20 games or whatever and i just don't like hinch adjusting the batting average or the batting order like that I, and that could just be a personal thing i i don't know I think that I think that can be explained by because you know typically the lower in the lineup you hit, theoretically the less pressure there is on you. And I think maybe what Hinch is doing is trying to put less put lower leverage situations on Gomez to help him kind of figure his swing out and maybe pick up the ball a little bit better. And once he starts seeing it better, you know I think it's it's a matter of time before he's back hitting. But okay, so let me say this. So what do you what would you say to putting Gomez in front of Rasmus? Batting Rasmus fifth and putting Gomez in the cleanup spot. The the, the other with, with, with absolute power and ability behind him. The the issue there from a statistical standpoint is that then you are taking at bats away from Colby Rasmus. And I don't okay. think anyone wants because the higher. No, I, I don't either. I'm just I'm throwing that out there. This is a devil's advocate. No, no, it, I you know it, I can see, you know, it's it, it's almost like it's it's getting to a point with Gomez where it's and and you could say this about Valbuena, you could say this about Gaddis, where it's kind of a grab a bat and kill this rally sort of thing. Um, but but I think the the, the you know the, there's a big push to maybe having lineups, and this is in the sabermetric crowd where. You you put your best hitter second because that's where they are going to have the most opportunity with their bat to change the complexion of the game. Whereas it's been you know there was a hundred years of baseball kind of old crotchety baseball dude logic where you put your best hitter in the cleanup spot so that he can drive in runs. Right. That that there's kind of a push to get away from that. So I think if if you the more the higher up you put Carlos Gomez in the in the lineup. He's taking it bat. That would take it bats away. And we're t- we're talking about a, a hand. We're not talking about like it's not like Rasmus would only get three hundred and fifty plate appearances. Right, right. No, but no, I get, I get what you're saying. But so I think that's why you know that's why you keep Gomez in the lineup. You 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 give him sort of lower stress situations where he can try to figure it out, and you hope it happens sooner than later, and you readjust once he starts figuring it out. Well, and, and you know, also with the with the DH and the AL, um, you can set the bottom of your lineup to be productive. Like, for instance, they have Gaddis hitting behind Gomez tonight. 
So, yeah, Gaddis hasn't done anything, but he has the ability to. So if you have Rasmus, White, Gomez, Gaddis, and then with Marwan behind that before the devil incarnate Castro, <laughs> like there is an ability to produce runs down there at the bottom. So I, I, I get it. I guess I, it's more of an inconsistency thing for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how locked in those hitters are t- to like their spots or if it's a psyche thing. Uh-huh. But I feel like with Gomez, and this is just me eyeballing him and and just completely uh, addressing his his issues and how he operates. But I feel like that that would bother Gomez being thrown down in the seven hole. It could. And it shouldn't, and it's stupid, and he should produce and shut up. I, I'm not defending that. I'm just saying that that could throw him him as a player off. And it, what I'd, I guess what I'd like to think is that, that Hinch has enough of a rapport with his players that that he can pull Gomez off to the side and say, look, you're obviously not producing. We're going to try this out and see if this kind of takes some pressure off where you can get back to where you're going to be. They, they have that conversation I would hope, yeah. Because if you're not, if if they're not having that conversation, I can totally see. But it's not. I, I don't think it's. No, Hinch is having that conversation. I have no doubt that he's covering his bases there. Yeah, but I also don't. I, I don't think Carlos Gomez would tell you like things are going great. Like he's not sitting. Oh, back. he knows. So I think he understands. He's been around long enough that he kind of gets it. But you kind of have to wonder about the the trade in general. Uh, yeah. To bring Gomez and, and Fires put together, you know, he had his had the Astros' typical first inning struggles uh, yesterday, but and was able to kind of you know claw back from that. That's kind of his thing, though, and uh, it's a few of our starters' thing is to uh, struggle early on and then just settle in. Uh, yeah, you teeter on it's teetering on the brink of insanity. That's that's the, the <laughs> that's the that's the play. That's the move. But there's still like there's still the the green arrow pointing up with that trade. Like, Carlos Gomez, yes, we are all on the brink of like, no, that's it. Let's deal him. He's done. Give somebody else a chance, blah, blah, blah. But he also could just come out and, and I I hate to keep defending the guy, but he he can play baseball. He's not a terrible baseball player. Like, this guy can produce. And and he and he could come out of it at any point, and all of a sudden, everybody will shut up and be like, "Oh, okay, I forgot." <laughs> and I, you know, and we've talked. I feel like we've talked about Carlos. We Gomez have, we a have, lot. and it's an important issue. The bases are loaded in the bottom of the third, by the way, with nobody out. Well, let's see how many runs the Astros don't score here. This is yeah. That's kind of why I brought it up. But yeah, so <laughs> yeah, we've beaten Carlos Gomez. As he were a dead horse, but like I believe in his ability to maybe come out of it. I'm not saying he will, but he is not done or completely just inept as a baseball player. That's just stupid. Yeah, no, he's and he's he's not you know rolling around the the bases with a walker. You know, slow. You know that. No, not even close. He's just not seeing the ball well, and he's struggling. But uh, he still is is getting random hits here and there, and he's he's gonna come through. I think I think what I think Gomez is a is a pretty a fairly perfect 
We've used the word microcosm a lot, like it's like yeah. we're, like we're sponsored by that word too. But I, I think that that he is sort of the the microcosm of the Astros, where of the entire where where everyone's like, okay, we know you can be better, but maybe you're not. Like maybe this is as good as it gets, and and I don't want to. I don't want to. Is that the right attitude to have though? Like that. That's where I struggle with. It's like I don't want to be that guy. It's like oh, like everybody that freaks out on Astros Twitter. Just like, oh, why are we even dealing with this trash? Well, anybody who calls Carlos Gomez trash is just uninformed. And it looks like we're going to get a run home there. Hey. Nice on get home. All right. 5-2. One out. Um, he's not trash. No, he is not produced. And we are not defending him from what he's done. I, I We get it. The helmet's annoying. Everything about it's annoying. But it's not annoying when that helmet's flipping off and he's bat flipping when he's hitting a three run home run in the playoffs. <laughs> it, it's just that's it is what it is. Or that catch he made earlier tonight. He's a hell of a center fielder. Yeah, he's yeah in an outfield of center. A fielders. premier center fielder. I like him. I do too. We're I gonna... do too. But but I'm also not naive to believe that you know that he's completely protected and that he can't be touched. Yeah, I understand. I understand where the fan base sits. I get it, but there's. I just don't like the overreacting. Like everybody needs to settle in, and that's from the pitching all the way down to the bullpen and the lineup. Just everybody chill, and come into the May, we'll know where we stand and what we are. I keep going back to the. By that point, will it be too late? It might be. But we'll know where we are or what we are. We weren't supposed to win the World Series till next year, anyway. So yeah, they moved it up. That's fucking on them. Yeah, they, that should not have happened. That's but but that goes back to my point of yeah, the Rangers are going to run away with this division. It feels like, but we're going to beat up on each other and we're going to scrap. And I feel like we can sneak into the playoffs, and then it's that's what we that's the goal. Get into the playoffs, even if it's the wild card game again. It doesn't matter. Get in the playoffs because it's a crapshoot after that. Crapshoot after that. Um. So the the hitting and there's so much more baseball. Like we're freaking out because we have to because this is what we do. Uh, right. But there's so much more baseball. This like, is this game. Is, this is game. 19. This is not even enough to take a sample out of. It's so stupid. But at the same time, when you watch every game, it you feel the ups and downs of what they feel on a on a on a any given day or in a season and it kind of sucks yeah You're like oh this whenever this. i whenever i hear that there is an athlete who is not on twitter i think that dude's smarter than all of us combined he is he's making yeah. he's making correct decisions he's doing the right thing yeah because <laughs> there's no if i was anybody if i had any importance whatsoever there is no chance i get on twitter no, you're just opening yourself up to just nonsense. It's nonsense for people who are important like me. So <laughs> you're definitely for important. somebody who is important, like, no, don't do that. Because then you just open yourself up to the egg accounts coming in and just wrecking your crap. Yeah, they have no other job to do but just to harass. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the hitting has been atrocious, and, and the mistakes are building up. The mistakes are building up big time, and... Base running, especially. That's where I was going. So, um, so continue yeah, with okay, your line that's of where thought. You're going. Go ahead. 
No, I, that's why I was. I say continue with your line of thought. So I mean, uh, no, it was just yeah. That's it's been hilarious, and by hilarious I mean the worst. <laughs> hilarious and like I'm very upset about it. In a very soul crushing, like a mocking hilarious type thing. But like the the Pettis Altuve play, like what the shit is going on? <laughs> and so that. I mean, it's, this is not the first time. It's not like no. Nope. We've we've had concerns about Gary Pettis. We had concerns about Gary Pettis last year, and but, uh, yeah, sort I of. Mean, the, not, this isn't a new thing. The windmill, sure. the windmill with the actual like, I don't know what you call it. The paddles. That's a, that seems stupid. Um, right. Whatever. Where it's just crumpling and falling off. Like it seems like he is consistently making poor decisions at third base. Sending people when they shouldn't be sent, not telling people to slide when they should be sliding. I don't. And I, the the thing about the Altuve play is, yes, he should have been busting it out of the box. Oh, it's 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 on it's on him. Nice base hit. Um, it's completely on Altuve. Um, he didn't hustle out the box, and then he even slowed up at the bag. But he slowed up at the bag because he had a coach sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. If I'm that third base coach, I see that throw, I'm throwing both hands down, like, get the fuck down. <laughs> and I, slide, like, slide just in case. And Gary Pettis didn't seem to care or he couldn't see it, but although I do believe he was safe, and you couldn't overturn it, but he was safe, um, that was just a joke. Not hustling. An, an absolute joke. Complaining that he didn't hustle getting out of the box—that's that's valid. But that ha- it, well, no, but that happens. That ha- that I I still feel that has no bearing on the end of that play. The end of the that, play that, is that was different. coaching yeah. and that was him reading his coach. Yes, yes. He slowed because, up. I'm good. He didn't throw up like the stop hand signs. Like, all right, we're good. Stand up. But he also didn't say, you know, get down, get down. The throws coming. So that the ball was dropped for sure. Yeah, but yeah, the argument of him not getting out of the box because it was a routine pop, I whatever. That's that's neither here nor there. The fact is, he hustled enough to to actually make it a close play and was hung out to dry, left hung out to dry by by his third base coach. So agreed, completely agreed. Basically, like everything needs to get tightened up before the wheels fall off. Yes, and and that's and that's kind of where I'm at. Where that these little things are all adding up. And and a little thing here contributes to a loss. A little thing there contributes to a loss. And they're kind of adding up. And we are not, by any means, out of it. But if we don't tighten this shit up, ugh, it's about to get bad. Yeah. And then and then we'll look silly for telling people to go to games because no one will want to. Well, no, they should still go to games and support their team because they're loyal fans. But each time, um, yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. All right, after three, it is 5-3 Red Sox. Okay. okay. So we got one back. So there's a chance that the, it's at least a little bit closer that the Astros could win this series. Uh, that would This would mean a lot to me, and I told you this earlier, and, and, I, and it's just it could be flawed logic, but just winning a series after getting swept, having the Red Sox come in at home, come in, win this series – Win this series and then go on the road and dominate, which is something that the Astros didn't have a great track record of last year. They're going to have to change that because clearly it's, it's 
it's a different season. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that I looked at, and I, I felt like I was being very objective in saying that the Astros would win the division because they only missed winning the division by two games. They're, right. I can't remember their road record from last year off the top of my head. It was like 29-52. and 52 or Not good. Like, it, literally the worst. If they just played, like, halfway mediocre ball, they would have ran around, ran away with it. Yeah, and I, I kept looking at, at the, the losing close games and the road record. And, and, that too. And yeah. thinking if those two things... It's not regressing to them. You can't regress from sucking and it'd be a better thing, but progressing right. to the mean where they start to win those, those close games <coughs> and they play a little bit better on the road, then, then it's hands down. You know, I don't, I don't see what the issue is here. And, and that, the, I don't know. They've got a lot, they've got a long way to go in order to, and maybe the expectations were unfair for a team that is, Could be. And, and I'm not going to say they're a young team because they're really not. They are. I mean, yes, cor- yes they are. Uh, are they? Like Rasmus is twenty. Yeah, Rasmus is twenty eight. Boy, that. But I mean, he's been around. Like he's been around a while. Like Keuchel, he's in his what fourth season. It's not like it's it's they promoted the double A roster and they're like no go, no go win games. That's still that's a young team and it's a base. I mean, yeah, this past season was experience. So all those younger guys are are older now because of what they experienced going to Yankee Stadium and winning, having the Royals on the ropes. So, yeah. But they are still very young. I mean, it's not – this isn't just chock full of veterans. Um, and Colby Rasmus has been amazing. Yeah. But he's not like – it's not like Derek Jeter coming in to – you know, it's not – it's not some super veteran. He's just a guy that's played in the league a while. I mean, he wasn't a fit with – where was he? He was in St. Louis uh, and Toronto. He was in Toronto, and then he was in. Uh, where was he before that? St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. Because no, Luno, neither, Luno neither of those Jackson. were good fits. No, the, apparently to hear the interviews of he, lo- he loves it here, but it it just didn't work. Yeah, but he, just because he's that age doesn't mean he's a veteran leader, which he is, but still. <laughs> You know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. I I do. I do. Um, yeah, well, we're sort of kind of at an end, at an end because I, I still think I don't think there. I mean, Correa is obviously a very young player. Tyler White is obviously a rookie. Um, McHugh is in his what third full season. You know, I guess I guess they're 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 still a young team. They're not the Cardinals with the you know the average age is like thirty. No, they're very young. They're very young. I mean. Look at him up and down. You got rookies coming through, and then like guys like Springer, still a young dude. Correa, very young. Like this is his first full year. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I. I think they're they are young. That does, that's not necessarily a a knock, but it needs to be noted. Yeah, it's not a good that, thing. That it's you're going to get thing. some inconsistent production out of them. And when it clicks, it will click, and and I am very confident that it will. But you're gonna have to deal with some stupid bullshit like we have, which is base running blunders, um, stupid plays, you know, missing your cutoff man, just dumb plays. That's indicative of a young team, and it's gonna happen. So we kind of have to embrace that and know that they're gonna grow and. 
and get better. We're, and starting pitching has to uh, has to clean up their shit. They they absolutely do. They because that, that's the key. That's we're I don't know what the exact stat is, but we're if not a couple earn runs off of their average of last year. It's it's somewhere around there. It's not good. Coming with the standard coming into tonight, uh, starting pitching is allowed an OPS of eight fifty six. Like that's not that's not going to get anything done. Um, no, they have. I don't know if you if you put any stock into game score. It's sort of like a a numerical representation of how well or poorly the the a pitcher's start went. And right. fifty is perfectly average. Um, they have the Astros have more starts with a game score lower than 30 than they do of game scores higher than 60. Mm. So they've only had three games in the first 18. I guess it would be 18 because we don't know what Feldman's is. But three of 18 starts, and this includes Keuchel's opening day start at Yankee Stadium, only three have a game score higher than than 60, which is not good. Uh, Colin McHugh has two of those four pretty much basically disaster starts. Like... How, yeah, that's the thing. How do you? Because we were very optimistic about McHugh after. Well, no, we we just he did what he had to do to get it back. I don't know if I I wouldn't necessarily say I was optimistic. Um, I I felt like he had to do that to hang on, and he did. But he he's very susceptible to that that kind of start. So, ugh. It's just, it's just got to get, it's got to get better. And and McCullers coming back will will definitely help. It'll like, and that's a big big factor. But I don't like how his injury's dragging on, and the pain is kind of lasting, and it's pushed to the end of this month now. And it's just one of those. Th- like I've I've been around sports. I'm not saying that anything's super wrong. I just don't like. When injuries are vague like that, and then people are like, "Oh yeah, they're about to return," and then, "Oh, he's on another fifteen-day DL." And, like, and uh, uh. we joked about this on on Twitter about the, the Astros are, and I don't pay attention to how other teams treat reporting injuries and whatnot. But the Astros, I don't either. Yeah, the Astros are 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 you know because they said when when Gomez and Gomez was crushing the ball when he went down with his with his oblique. Uh, at the sort of the beginning of September last year, like they, the initial report was, oh, this isn't gonna, this is gonna be a couple days, and and I think we talked about this last week, but the Astros don't, and maybe there's, it's one of those things where there's no benefit to being forthcoming. That's good, which is now. Oh, that, there, there isn't, there isn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now that I say that out loud, I think, well, of course that's what it is. Like they don't have to tell us everything, and and they probably shouldn't, but. Like it seems like there are a lot of there there are a decent number of those injuries where we're sort of expecting okay because I mean we're at the a while ago they were looking at the beginning uh, or the McCullers would would miss the first three turns through the through the season through the rotation and oh you know kind of like okay I can kind of deal with that and then there's just sort of this lingering soreness issue but it's it's still. Interesting to note that the Astros were going to try to put try to limit his innings anyway, and a skeptical fan would say. So they were wait. They were going to do that again. I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, they were. They were going to put him on on sort of. See, a, I thought. I thought it was a free like after last year. I thought that they were getting him to the point where it was 
free for all, then he could just be. No, I think given how how young he is, and last year was a was a career That's high stupid. in innings, like a, a pretty a pretty decent sized jump in innings thrown from the previous year. They were going to put him on on an innings count, and the skeptical fan would say this is just their way of of doing that. The difference is that Scott Boris isn't yelling, screaming bloody murder in the media about it. So, whatever. Anyway, McCullers should, coming McCullers coming back. I would think bumps Feldman. Would you agree with that? That would be my pick. Put him in a in sort of a mop up. You know, you need. When Colin McHugh throws two and a third, you need you. Bring well, see in. that just and see that ups your bullpen significantly. Um, depending on, I mean, who do they send down? Uh, they'd have to get creative. Yeah, that, that's the thing because I love Feldman in a long relief role. Yeah, um, he could be crucial for that, and especially. To save games that kind of get jumped out early, like you said, with the uh, you know the one third of an inning, that maybe those games can be salvaged with some you know long relief, but yeah. ugh. or at least at least it keeps it keeps you trotting out every guy in your bullpen to to throw an inning or you know or, or keeps them in schedule in line, like hey, you're gonna still throw the sixth. You know, right. in the seventh, and it's not going to throw everything off. We're just going to put which Feldman is the in. worst case scenario is when your whole bullpen's thrown off because of one weird night and everything's out of line, and then it takes you know weeks to get that that back in order. I still, you know, and I don't know that the Astros will do this immediately, but I I know we we sort of mentioned the possibility last week, and then the results of this of this stretch in Arlington, and then against the Red Sox. Have sort of solidified it for me is is moving Davinsky, you know, regardless of McCullers, you move Davinsky to the rotation and you put Feldman in that long relief role. I'd love that, to at least a shot. Yeah, at least yeah, a couple, you know, maybe one start, see how it goes. Two starts. He's been so good. I mean, he's been very consistent. I don't, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. The only thing I can think of is that Feldman. Do and because we saw this with Gregerson and with Giles, where Hinch was hesitant to name Giles closer because of the impact of sort of the the perceived emotion of Gregerson, and they're pretty all right. Know, guy, they're they're pretty protective of their territory, and it it's kind of proven to this point that that was the right call, regardless of of title. But gotcha. does does Feldman see it? You know, he's getting bumped from you know from the rotation. Does he get does he get pissy, and maybe it doesn't matter. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I feel like he needs to understand his role and be thankful that he's up on this team contributing or trying to. So no, I I feel like he didn't have a uh, anything to stand on on that one. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. And I not to hate on him because I he has the potential to to produce, but. Mm. He's just that odd guy out, and it happens. And it's not even indicative of his performance. It's just, it is what it is. He'd be that guy whether he's pitch great or not, in my opinion. I unless, see, unless, I mean, you can throw Fister out there, but I, I feel like there's upside with Fister. Yeah, I could see. But that, that's kind of what I was, it would either be, be 
Feldman or Fister getting and that, that that was sort of the battle anyway kind of who was going to get right, that last yeah. who was going to get that last spot and then McCullers arm implodes um and 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 so they they both found a spot in the rotation but I think Davinsky's shown enough that he needs a shot uh just to kind of see just to see what happens I know and, now, now do you want him to have a shot or do you want him to just stay dominant middle relief and just be a shutdown guy when you know, to bridge between the the closeout guys and our starting pitching. If if he is that shutdown guy. Because I feel like that's what he is right now. So if he's been lights out, I, I, I have no problem with him being that guy that bridges the starting pitching to our setup and, to, you know, to Giles and to Gregerson and Fields and whatnot whatever combination thereof it could go i guess it could go either way because i mean obviously the if if you're that good of a pitcher then the more innings you throw the more valuable you are to the team so i'd rather see him get you know seven innings a week 10 you know 11 innings a week on uh you know whatever however however the math turns out you know you get two starts in a week sometimes but I'd, i'd rather see him impact more innings that way than than come in for four games and get and four innings over the course of a week, right? But there's value either way. I mean, a good pitcher is a good pitcher, and a good pitcher is valuable. So maybe it's maybe that I don't I don't know how valid the point is, but but typically, you know, you a guy like if a guy like Mariano Rivera could have thrown seven innings every time he went out, then he would have done that. But obviously. He he didn't. I don't know exactly where I was going with that. That seems like a poor point. No, no, no. I'm with you. I, I was actually pulling up Davinsky's numbers, and he's all right. So he's pitched ten point one innings. Okay. He's got a point eight seven ERA. Um, he's given up one earned run, and that's on a home run. That was on a home run. Yeah. Uh, he struck out ten. <laughs> His WHIP's point eight seven one. Uh, I mean. That's pretty sick. It's disgusting. Yeah. So I want to. Yeah. I want to see him. I want to see him get a chance to impact more innings. And, I, I do too. But I think it's something but, where you can pull him back. But at the same time, like he could be built for this. What he's doing. He could. But uh, this is his kind of first stint, you know. And and it's it's hard to because the Astros went to this like tandem piggyback thing in the minors. Like it's hard to. Right, it's hard to get a. a you don't know who's who and what what their their plan is for them and what yeah, because they, if you look at just on game started in the minors, that's not going to tell you the whole thing because they might have been the guy that was slated to go the second four inning stretch of the game. Um, right, and so but but this is too as far as I'm as far as I know, and I'm ninety nine percent confident in this. Like this is his first stint as a reliever. Oh, for sure. <coughs> Definitely, definitely. So, so he just wanted to make the ball club and contrib- contribute. So if it's his first stint as a reliever, I have to believe that the uh, management and upper management understands that he's a starting pitcher and that there's a plan to get him up there. Yeah. But that could just be me being a naive fan <laughs> assu- assuming something. But your logic and reason is not welcome here. <laughs> exactly. So I, I don't I don't know what the plan is for him, and, and none of us do. But I, like you, I'd like to see him get a shot. Yeah, 
And it's, I mean, especially it's, with the way the starting pitching has started, like let's give this dude a shot. Yeah, and it's it's not like I'm I'm sort of jockeying for Davinsky to replace Felix Hernandez or or something that that, that would be a stupid move. You know, the, right. if you if if everyone was coming out just firing bullets and and we weren't talking about first inning ERA and things like that, then this is the, the, this conversation doesn't happen. Exactly. The, the fact that there's the struggle and the struggle is real, then uh, I think it's it's a it's, it's at least a conversation worth having. And we're doing it. We're having it. We're totally having it. Oh, yeah. We, we don't mind having we it. We don't. So, uh, this one hasn't been as funny. We've been, like, breaking... I'm not trying to be funny, because it's fucking shitty out there. There's nothing funny about getting swept by the Rangers and then losing a series to Boston. Like, what the fuck? It's not funny. There's nothing funny. I'm not making jokes. I'm I, sorry. I, I can get on board with that. So... Brandon, we still could steal this, but I, I'm just, yeah, it's not a week to be to be celebrating, to be happy and funny and full, filled with jubilee, at least, fuck, whatever that is. <laughs> at least your favorite show's on. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it eventually, and, and probably somebody that I love dies, and I get even more mad. It's just like Astros baseball. Yeah, someone's going to die. It's like Keiko having a bad outing. It's just some dude gets killed, and it's just like, oh. Far, far fewer boobies on uh, on Astros baseball than there are on Game of Thrones, though. Yeah, there's a yeah big difference in boobies and Astros baseball, but that's not even why. It's it's just good, like good dragon fights, <laughs> good political king things. Look, just just watch it before you mock it. See, you say dragon fights, and that's where I'm like, okay. These dragons are badass. Like, they eat people. Like, they one ate a kid, like, burned it. And he was like, hey, this dragon ate my three-year-old daughter. Like, that's pretty fucked up. The, the dragon fights, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's not my thing. But that's not even a thing. Like, you have to watch. Like, they're a very minor subplot of the show. So, so you're obviously it. I am not... A, a TV watching kind of guy. You are obviously involved in the entertainment industry, and I am. And, and so, I, as someone whose opinion I value, um, <laughs> what what am I miss? What else am I missing? Well, what's the uh, okay? So, what's the all right? Let's, let's start with this. What's the last good show you watched? We are catching up on eleven twenty two sixty three. Okay. Because I, I love, 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 love the book. Yeah, yeah. No, I have no problem with that. Um, before that. Uh, you know, my, my TV viewing has, has, there's been a noticeable decline since I finished Breaking Bad. And it's almost like other shows, I know that another show can't be Breaking Bad, so what's the, what's okay, even. Okay, Breaking Bad is the pinnacle. It's one of the greatest. I, I will not deny that. But there are so many other shows. Uh, Mr. Robot is phenomenal. And that's a USA show. Uh, Rami Malek and Christian Slater. I okay. highly suggest that. Um, I, I want to start House of Cards. Like that's, That seems cool. Oh, House of Cards is great. You have, to, you have to weather a bad season. Okay. To get to this latest season. But it's a hundred percent worth it, and and by a bad season I mean just it's nothing really happens. Oh, but okay. 
But House of Cards, fantastic. That's amazing. Um, and then you got like Jessica Jones and and Daredevil. We oh. started we started Jessica Jones and and need Jessica to, Jones is dope. Yeah, we need to we need to keep that up. That seems cool. And I'm and I am not a big comic book type person. Like that's not that's not my style. So these shows have to be good enough to transcend just television and entertainment. Um, I like some people just love it because they love the characters and they love the story. I, I, it has to be just a good show on its own, and it is. I like how we've sort of transitioned from the Astros are, are playing terrible baseball. What should I watch instead of the Astros? That's what it feels like. Well, I mean, you can watch it after the Astros. I'm t- I'm. I'm tired. I'm old. No, I know. No, I know. It wears on you. And, and you know what? And I've noticed that this season, not that I, more so than others, not that I don't watch the Astros, but after we started doing the show, I am more inclined to pay attention much more to every single play, every game, um, than I would before. Not that I didn't care or not that I wasn't watching, but you know I'm paying attention for the show purposes, and it's really stressful <laughs> because you live and die by every pitch and every play and every game. It's like, oh, this is the worst. Oh, this is the best. We're back. Oh, we're bad again. Yeah. And it, and it really it's, – it's almost like the presidency. It's like my hair is getting gray. <laughs> I, I, I look like old Obama. Um, <laughs> there have been two games this season, that, the day games, that I just didn't see a single minute of. That's great. But, but I've, watched, I've either watched or listened to at least a significant part of every other game, and I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wears on you. But if you're going to watch that much, you have to understand that it can go literally any way. Statistically, yeah. So, so I I think that the problem is that we watch these games and then we throw them into our the way we can humanize them and turn them into our analysis. And there's just so much in depth statistics and mathematics and averages that it's all do or die each game. Yeah. And even though we can completely fathom the you know, the complete change and that it's going to get better and that the law of averages is all going to fix this. You can't, you can't grasp that when you're losing five, three, you know? Right. Because when you have a start like this. Yeah. And I think, I think what, what is, and I think we've, we've even talked about this probably on multiple episodes where, you know, seasons, you start out the, the season and, Things aren't, you know, you you drop the series at New York, and then you get outplayed in Milwaukee, and the mistakes start to pile up, and it results in mental and emotional turmoil, not just for us who are just mere mortals watching it on TV or listening to it on the radio or whatever, but but for the players as well, that they... they came in thinking we we have a legitimate chance going to the World Series, and they're on the verge of of starting out the season six and thirteen. And it has to be sort of a jarring, and it goes back to the the pressing. You're trying to fix the entire season with one swing of the bat. 
and it's not really doing you any good because it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. And and I feel like they know that. Um, and I don't know if the maybe the players know that, but I know AJ Hinch knows that, and that's why they're all very chill. Yeah. And yeah, when you're when you're not when you feel like you're not playing well and you're not swinging the bat or seeing the ball that well, you're gonna press and you're gonna be a little bit extra aggressive trying to make some contact when maybe otherwise you wouldn't. But I feel like overall they know that this means relatively nothing. Yes, it's not good to come out like this and nobody wants this. Right. But this is this is nothing. There is so many more games and so much more to happen that to react in any way is really stupid. Luckily, <laughs> we have a show and we get to do this. That's right. And we we are we are the the ambassadors of stupid for the Astros. Right. So at least we know that it it means nothing because we can come out next week and they could sweep consecutive series and all of a sudden all of the hype is back and that's how stupid it is. Right. It's like a whenever Tiger Woods would uh and I don't know reading about golf for me is a lot more satisfying than actually watching golf, but there was a like right. Wright Thompson did a pretty fantastic piece on Tiger Woods for ESPN last week and I always like found ever you know cuz ever, ever since ever, his entire life fell apart like very publicly like he'd shoot like par and everyone would be like Tiger's back baby and and I'd be like <laughs> oh, come on like that's old I think it's irritating I don't know right no I w- I'm with you overreact and here's what what baffles me about being a fan especially being an Astros fan on Astros Twitter uh which is just a scrolling Oh my god! Trash fire. Trash um, fire. Is that like I think everybody knows that they're overreacting, but it's like we can't help it. Like we, every, yeah. No, you can't. Like because you'll get you'll get laughed out of the room if you if you try to preach patience and and right. And everybody's got the microscope. Microscope. That's that, not a word. Microscope on every play. It's like oh, that pitch was outside. If that didn't walk, this inning didn't happen. And it's just everybody just has this short-term play-by-play view on baseball, and it's just not right. You don't play 162 games. That's not how baseball works. Yeah. So you can't you can't break down each play like that because, like, shit is going to happen. It's just going to happen, whether it's bad luck or your guy makes a mistake. Like, it's just, like, we keep saying law of averages, but that's just what it is. And, and that's why people focus on all these numbers and all these stats. Because it is law of averages. Yeah, and and I think part of the problem too is that it's the you know any other if, let's say that the Astros came out to at least a normal start and and they started to win more than they lost and and then they have a twenty game stretch like this but it's in it's at the middle to the end of June right and they have this stretch and they fall to a, to a few games below 500 there's not going to be the same level of hysteria it's just that it's the first 19 games of the season for sure everyone just I, chill I, out i agree i'm saying i'm telling people to chill out i'm really just telling myself to chill out no i think we all need to chill out and i think there are things that we should take note of that are red flags and that are things to watch and that there's no, we're not saying not not to be concerned or not to be 
alarmed by some things you see because there's been some some shit, some <laughs> yes. shit that I have not liked seeing um, from base running blunders to uh, all sorts of stuff, uh, pro- just basic production from players. So, but it's so early on that anybody with a brain should know that we all need to chill. We're still a favored team in the American League, and that it's all going to correct itself. Maybe it's going to take, because the Astros did a lot better when the target wasn't on their back last year. Maybe this is all just a long con to get the target off of their back and be like, oh, the, the, the last Astros are back and we can get the Houston you have a problem signs uh, oh kind of taken out. Maybe, maybe, maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe they're losing games so that they can sort of lessen the pressure on them. That would be a smart move. Wouldn't put it past them. Jeff Luno is a wily minx. <laughs> he is. This is genius. Like, yeah. This is next he, level genius. It really is. Oh man. But they can't they they Arlington can't be kryptonite anymore. No, no, it can't. And I actually was I wouldn't say confident, but I I I felt like that they would go in there at least win one at the minimum. Yeah. But, uh, see, yeah, I, I, that's why it's so early you can't get a grasp on the team. Yeah. Because ideally I wanted to go in there and just like, oh, let's go sweep the Rangers and then just send a message and then everything's okay. But that's just not how it works. That's not how it works. At all. Huh. Yeah. Well, with that, rate us on iTunes. Uh, give us a shout. Give us a review. Lima yeah, time. Please. This is our this is our fourth episode. I I do hope you take the time to listen to the interview that we recorded earlier today with Fenway Park organist Josh Cantor. It was a delightful conversation. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like he had, like there's like he's like the only one left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's really not very many organists left. So like that's kind of like a lost art. And he's embracing it, and he really takes it seriously. So, like, that was cool. That was a cool get. That yeah, was cool so it was, it was fun to talk to him. So, so don't just see, like, an interview with the Fenway Park organist guy and be like, oh, I'm not listening to that. Because uh, it, really it really was a lot of fun. So, um, but we, Lima, this is our fourth episode, and we're already on, like, the new and noteworthy list. Yeah. So, and that's only going to get better for us, really, um, if you review the show, if you give it a five-star rating. Uh, log in to your parents' iTunes account and give us yep. a five-star five rating from their iTunes mm-hmm. account. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, and if you do that, t- uh, tell us you sent a rating. Send a screenshot, and uh, we'll follow you back with the account if we're not already, and we'll uh, we'll show you some love on Twitter and even give you a shout on the show. We don't care. We have no rules here. Yeah, none. But, Zero. But we, re- but we really appreciate all that. That's what... Uh, makes the podcast run and that's what moves us up on itunes and um we want to make the best show possible for you so that's kind of it's it's all encompassing it is it is so it's really it's a given it's a give and take relationship if it, right so if you want if you want to i don't know continue the show i don't i don't think i i don't think we're going to stop doing it it's too cathartic. As of now, no, we're good. It's too cathartic to sit here and, and have a, a reasonable conversation about the Astros after freaking out all week on Twitter. 
this is sort oh of god yeah yeah because i die all day all, all week and then i get here i'm like all right i can talk about this yeah it's like it's meet my so therapist bad. yeah so thanks for i think we need to see each other for a few more sessions uh we really appreciate yep. um yeah so let's just win, start winning more games that's a and let's and let's pull this one out. It's five three. It's early on. We can still win this out. If we win this game, that's another one series. And then we, this road trip is very important. Going to Seattle and Oakland, to yes. me, yes, it's very important to me. They're starting to all become very important. And I want to. I start- know that, which is stupid, but it, I, I feel like it really is, especially for the uh, you know the middle of the road of the AOS. Like, let's go up and beat up on these teams and just send a message to them. And then we'll creep them on Texas. Like they'll get theirs. They'll get their comeuppance. They will. We're gonna be comeuppance all over the place. All over the place. Jose Lima, take us home. Bye. That is one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate, and that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. Get a free child's play, we'll use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today.